Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Dicker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And we've had a great season so far listening to questions posed by our listeners. Lisa, who's up today? Well, we have a question from Esther, and Esther is asking us about that world of speech therapy and collaboration. So we'll let our listeners listen to Esther. Hi, my name is Esther, and I'm actually a speech therapist that has worked in the public school system, mostly with early learners. My question is, what tips do you have to foster more collaboration with teachers and SLPs, especially with generalizing targets from speech sessions to the classroom? Um, Thank you so much. Hope to hear it on the podcast. So I'm going to start with super simple, Becky, and that is I think that we're missing the boat. Our speech language therapists are like brilliant and have, you know, master's degrees in finite understanding of communication. Why not send vocabulary words? Again, simple, simple, simple. I think, you know, if I'm a third grade teacher and a kid has speech, I'm going to say these are four vocabulary words. I don't care how you work with them. I just wanted you to know what we're doing. And more importantly, I wouldn't just send any O. I would send the one that's the student's weakest area. If it's math, if it's science, if it's social studies, you know, here's four words this week that I hope you'll you'll focus on when you work with that student. But I think we often make collaboration and working together hard when I've seen it really successful. It's simple. What are your beginning thoughts? Well, my beginning thoughts um, echo in a degree the same line. So if I am if I am sending, if you will, you know, kids for speech services, as you mentioned, send them with something specific that is integrated into our classroom. So even though that's kind of a push out model, some people are teaching in that model, and I'll speak to the push in in a minute. But in that model, you mentioned vocabulary. I would mention. Um, social skills. I would say if I, as a teacher, understand that this child is working on something very specific, if I cue my colleague who's in speech language and I say, try to talk to Lisa, you know, see if you can generate conversation around Brittany. And the speech language teacher doesn't need to know what's happening with Brittany. A reasonable person would be able to hear if a kid is saying they hate Brittany or they love whatever it is. You know, you don't have all the time in the world to plan. But if I can at least give some familiar names from the classroom, if I can give some specific episodes from the classroom and say, you know, while you're working, if if this is something you can tie in, that would be great. And I know enough about speech language and you do too, Lisa, to know that a lot of times the the time kids spend uh, has to do with generating specific sounds more so than names, et cetera. But if I know what sounds you're working on, I can also find words and names from my classroom that have those sounds so that that student is still trying to produce that name that, and incorporate those sounds into something that's attached to our room. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love that. And I love that Esther's question is really about those really little kids that we often do pull out for those articulation, all of that. You and I both are a big believer speech goes in and then we don't have to do so much of that, that generalization. But I, I like her question about too, if, you know, how do I generalize those targets from the speech class, the speech setting back into that classroom? And I think, again, making it very simple. I even love, again, using a tool we talk about all the time, Flipgrid. Can you end your speech therapy with a 30 second summary for the teacher, the general ed teacher and the parent 
to hear from the kid, hey, in speech day, I worked on, you know, whatever, so that there's an authentic self-report from the child. The parent will watch it. The teacher has 30 seconds to probably watch it and go, oh, I need to keep working and reinforcing that you did such a good job with your TH sounds today in speech. And when I hear you say, you know, I want to go with you. Hey, but remember, it's with, you know, those kinds of things I think really are very, very simple. And that's what we're looking for. And I'm going to take a, a, a more broad approach to my final thoughts. Uh, you and I have both done a lot of work in Arkansas, among other places. And, and several years ago now, several years ago, I had done a presentation there about collaboration and co-teaching to a school district. And so it wasn't geared towards speech language at all. It was just broadly about collaboration and co-teaching. But afterwards, in this small rural district, two speech language pathologists came up and said, wow, we would love to collaborate more. You know, we, we love these ideas, but where do we even get started? And so I had a great opportunity to sit down and talk to them about how they might co-teach for just 10 or 15 minutes a day in those early childhood pre-K and kindergarten classrooms. And we set, we set out a pattern in which kids would rotate through. The teacher would go in for approximately 10 minutes in the morning and kids would rotate through sessions, the whole class, not just kids with disabilities. And the teacher would be a part of a station teaching system, the gen ed teacher would run a station, the special ed teacher would run a station and the paraprofessional would run a station. And when that speech language person was running the station, they would give very specific instructions for students who had very specific needs. And the other kids would hear what they were being told and the teacher and the para would overhear what they were being told. And so then when that speech language teacher was not in the room, other kids and teachers and paras could also support the strategies because they heard them firsthand in a really natural way. So it wasn't taking all the kids with speech language issues and putting them in a group with the speech language therapist. It was spreading them out across groups, but that speech language professional being very intentional about giving feedback and coaching to specific difficulties. And I love that and that that specific difficulties. And I'm going to go back to kind of our, my last thought is what we talk about a lot is choice. And, you know, what is the kid really into? And I don't know if you uh, had the chance to follow the story as listeners about Amanda Gorman and her speech impediment, but she talks about overcoming it by singing the song from Hamilton, Aaron Burr, sir, Aaron Burr, sir, because she had an issue with R's. And on NPR, I was listening to her and I was chuckling because she said, I just wrote my poems with words without R's in them because they were too difficult. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, talk about a generalization example of, you know what, she, she decided she wanted to overcome it. And I think sometimes even really young children, we tend to do to them instead of with them or for them. Um, and, and so, I mean, we do it for them and instead of having them do it with them or let them make that choice. So I do think about like, what is the thing that they'll talk about? Like you said, their friend or at home. And again, I think that the generalization isn't just to the classroom setting, but back to the home when it's early intervention. And so what is the thing at their house? Is it their cat? Is it their dog? Is it their neighbor? Is it their grandparents that has that, that language piece that you're working on and how to anchor that? And I do think sometimes we don't have enough anchors 
Um, speech therapists have them, but sometimes those don't get translated or they don't get anchored across all three environments. And so that would be my last recommendation is if it's the song Hamilton and that's what you're going to practice and we're all going to be singing Hamilton Monday through Friday. And I think Amanda's story is a really good example of someone overcoming something because it really was of her choice instead of let me tell you what we're going to do today in class. Well, thank you for the question and any last comment there, Becky? Uh, no, I think it was a great question. And I know we've given a lot to unpack in a lot of areas, but uh, I, I would really love you to try any one of those things. And it's definitely going to benefit the kids that you serve. Well, thank you for joining us at Practical Access. Please uh, send us a message on Facebook or don't be shy in sending us a tweet at Access Practical. Or if you'd like to call our uh, Google voice number at 407-900-9305 and leave us a question. We're looking for a few more still for episode four or season four. Thanks.